episode of Very Unreasonable Things. My name is Josh Lindsay. I'll be your spirit guide, and I'm joined today by my mister from another mister, Billy Bone. And on today's episode, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to go random. Just a, a grab bag episode, whatnot. And we'll see how this goes. I don't know. We're playing jazz here. Right, Billy? <laughs> So just a bunch of drum solos, long, drawn out. That's how you play jazz. Anyway, today I have a couple of games I prepared for Bone. I hope they'll be fun. They made me giggle when I came up with them. And Bone wants to hit on a couple of topics that have been burning his asshole for a while. So, Billy Bone... How are you? I'm fine. I'm intrigued by these games. And as, as far as the topic, be. as far as the topics, they've been burning my asshole for like a day. I thought of one yesterday. I thought of one this morning when I looked yeah. at to Twitter. No timetable on the burning of the asshole. It's just whenever it happens, it happens. And we're, we'll, you know, let's start. Let's start with a game. And these two games, I tried to stay within the 1988 parameter. And for anyone who's listening, uh, thank you. I, as always, I love you. Uh, and if you know Billy Bone at all, then you know he loves his hair metal. Isn't that right? Yeah, that would be accurate not as that much as accurate not as much as my stepfather he was the one who got me into it okay that would uh just for the sake of a shout out i guess would be scott wakoviak i can't remember how to spell that name so don't ask me uh yeah if you're listening to scott i i love you um anyway so i've set up a little uh tournament bracket and I'm not going to name the band, but I'm going to recite some lyrics from said band. And Bone, what I want you to do is I want you to, out of this bracket, you know, we'll go, there's eight bands. So it's a, a four-team bracket. I'll say the first two lyrics to the first two bands, and I want you to tell me which one Best describes your lovemaking style. Easy peasy. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, there we go. And afterwards, I'll maybe you can guess the lyrics. Maybe you can guess the band, I should say. Um, okay, this first band, I'm going to say these lyrics. Uh, hair metal. And if anybody's not familiar with hair metal, oh, you're about to fucking be. Okay. Here's the first lyrics. She goes down slow, like a shot of gin. Okay. That's the first band. The second band. Here she comes. Never get enough of that sex action. Which one would you pick, Billy Bone? Um, oh, my God. I don't think this is so much about me. This is my wife. Um, we'll go with the... Uh, Second one. Second one. Okay. 
The one you did not choose was Poison, Love on the Rocks. I remember that song. Here we go. The third band. This might be a little breathy. Hang on. Come on and spread your wings. Come on and let me in. You know it really ain't dirty and not a sin to have to hold, love to squeeze. Come on and be my baby. Get down on your knees. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty, please. Okay, and the fourth band. I'm a love machine. I'm an M16. I'll shoot you full of holes. <laughs> Let's go with the second one. The second one. Nice. Yeah, that one's really good. And the band you did not pick was Warrant. So damn pretty. Okay. Final four. This one's a, this one you will know. And I had to put this one on here because of all the, the asinine lyrics to come out of hair metal. This is the most egregious. I'm only 17, but I'll show you love like you've never seen. <laughs> okay. And the second one, this one isn't as good. Body talk. I see your body talk. You make my body talk when you're next to me. Oh, I know that one. I mean, for the sake of not having to register as a sex offender, we better go with the second one. Yes, exactly. Uh, I can just imagine Kip Winger being asked to sit down by Chris Hansen after singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, buddy, we need to talk. Well, you can let's go answer me this one, though. Body talk with rat. That is true. Yeah. And the first one, if you didn't hear, was Winger. And now the final two. And the final two are very breathy. But once I found these, I'm like, holy shit. These have got to be discussed. Okay. Here's the first one. It is, it's wordy. But oh, so good. Um, Where do I, where do I start with this song? I guess I'll just start at the top. Nobody knows how to tie the simple knots that I know. Getting weak in the knees and your bruises are beginning to show. The only way she knows how to take it is blow by blow. Strapped to the rack with a slap on the ass should make her eyes glow. I ain't no boy of bondage. You can use it. You can use it. I'm a loose lip talking jockey with a whip and a track to prove it. I'm the dehumanizing master. You better start your talking because I get what I go after. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Yeah, most pro-bondage song I've ever heard. And the second song, this is just the chorus, so you know this is uh, the money shot, (laughs) all pun intended. I'm going to slide it in right to the top. Slide it in, I ain't never going to stop. Slide it in right to the top. I'm going to slide it in, slide it in, slide it in baby let's go with the second one again okay and i feel i feel kind of bad because i just hearing these parts i can't um guess most of these bands honestly 
I haven't. The one you did not choose on that one was Faster Pussycat. I, well, there's a whip, I, there's a way. Bro. I wanted to say Faster Pussycat on that one because that of uh, a lot of the hair bands, you know, Faster Pussycat is one of the more sleazier ones, I guess, when you listen to their sound and their songs, which I like. Yeah. I just, um, you know, I have like a two minute drive to work. So right now I'm listening to a lot of faction on Sirius XM because, you know, a lot of punk songs are like two minutes. Mm. So I get a whole song in on the way to work. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, that's and the second one, though. Um, White Snake. That is White Snake. Yeah, because I think they're they're having an album slided in. Yep. So, did. yeah. And if you didn't know people who've never heard about hair metal, they were all about the fucking. Is pretty evident. Yeah, and partying, and strippers, yeah, drugs, I mean, alcohol, everything that's fun. Yeah, that's going from rock. Things that make life worth living. So. We're down to four bands, and I'll tell you what. Would you just like to know who the bands were? Yeah, because I'm kind of disappointed in myself. Okay. Uh, personally, my favorite, Here She Comes, Never Get Enough of That Sex Action, the, just the simplicity, that was L.A. Guns. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What was the song? Sex action. Oh, sex action. Yeah. That's what I thought. And I knew I should have known that one. And the second one, which was I'm a love machine. I'm an M16. I'll shoot you full of holes. That was kicks. The title was uh, get it while it's hot. And you guessed the last two, which was rat. And well, you know, I had the, uh, Good fortune, I guess. I don't know. You know, I saw Skid Row and Rat in concert within the last four or five was years. It Skid Row, though. Well, was it Rat? Because it was only one. It was only the drummer. It was. It was, it was more Skid Row than it was Rat. Like Skid Row was Skid Row minus Sebastian Bach. And from what I'd read, you know, Skid Row was built around the guitar player. Um, was it Snake Bowling? Yeah, yeah. So the band was. Ri- built around him to showcase his skills. And then, you know, obviously he brought in Sebastian Bach and they become like, you know, he's a really great singer. So how do you not be about that when you have a really charismatic frontman who can well, um, but with rat, I think the lead singer and the drummer were at odds with each other. I think everybody was at odds with the drummer and the drummer is just like, fuck you guys and got his own band and started touring his rat. And the singer they had and I can't remember his name right now, but he sounded just like the singer from rat. The only reason I knew it wasn't him because he was so young. Like there was no way he was singing in the eighties. But yeah, I got to, and at that time when I went to see rat, you know, I hadn't actually listened to a lot of rat. So when I heard body talk, um, Oh my God, I just drew a blank on the other songs. Um, round and round. Well, no, I know that's round. Not, that's the only rat song I know. Well, there's a couple I know. I know round and round. I know Wave Cold Junior. Uh, and I want to say I think there was one more. But yeah, they had um, that other songs. I'm like, and they sound. I will say this too. They sounded better live than they do recorded. 
when you listen to her records, I don't know if it's just a production or what it, it sounded too produced, I guess. And the live sound was just so much better. Hmm. Sebastian Bach. Is that his Christian name? That might be one of the most rock and roll names I've ever heard. I do not believe it is. It can't be, right? No way. No, I mean. But anyway, that concludes the which lovemaking style is best described by the hair metal song. And, you know, with that, I mean. I feel like there was a couple other, I mean, at least another song you could have went with, but while with um, White Snake, you could have did Slow and Easy. I don't know all the words to it. I just, I know that main chorus. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm pretty lazy. This took 15 minutes. And I'm surprised you didn't go with Guns N' Roses with Anything Goes. I don't, I don't consider Guns N' Roses hair metal. At all. I get what you're saying there. Like a good, I thought about this, like a good uh, barometer on uh, if it's hair metal is, did Smells Like Teen Spirit kill, <laughs> kill the career of the band? Like Nirvana sort of, they sort of bulldozed uh, hair metal out of our lives in 91 and GNR imploded. I think GNR would have survived Nirvana. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, that's. I feel like that's accurate. So, just speaking of that, uh, and not getting into Nirvana, because you know, I guess spoiler talk here. We do have an episode planned, and we are going to record that next week. I believe we're going to have a special guest for that one, and we're going to talk about the four big bands that came out of Seattle with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden. So, I'm not going to get into a lot of Nirvana talk right now. But speaking of like when hair metal died, I saw this interview one time with Laney Jane from Warrant. And, you know, he was talking about they'd, they had released Cherry Pie, you know, it's their biggest album. It was a big success for him, you know. Um, I know you like Uncle Tom's Cabin. We all do. And he had a, uh, some other songs. And I think I saw I saw Red was on there, which I like that song, you know. And if hair metal bands did anything, they'd did some really good power ballads, even like bands you didn't care for would have like songs that were just fucking catchy. And, you know, cherry, obviously the song cherry pie, but um, they were talking about, they were coming off this, this best-selling album of their career. And they just, I think finished recording their uh, follow-up album, which would have been, um, was it bitter pill? Is that the name of, it? I might be wrong. Um, you know what? Let me look it up while we're talking because I don't want to just get this totally wrong. But anyways, while I'm looking this up, I'll continue. They were, um, they were super excited about their follow-up release and they went into the record company to, I guess, talk about promotion or the release or something like that. And, you know, like the, a year or two before their posters were on the wall when you went into the uh, office of the, the record label when they come in there to talk about this follow-up release, they were no longer on the wall. It was all posters of Alice in Chains. And it's like, and that's when we knew we were, dog eat dog. That's what it was. Dog eat dog. The bitter pill was a single off that album. Okay. But yeah, they walked into the uh, studio or office and instead of picture or posters of warrant, there was posters of Alice in Chains, dirt, 
And there's like, yep, we're yesterday's news. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say like cherry pie was sort of the death rattle because it was just a song you could not take serious at all. But yeah, cherry pie. A lot of the hair metal scene. Well, it was the decadent eighties, though. I mean, I'm gonna say this. Eventually, die. Let's. I'm just going to say this, though, for people that want to shit on hair metal. And I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about, um, and it's going to it's going to kind of tie into one of my topics later on, but the people want to shit on hair metal and, you know, talk about, like, oh, well, you can't take it serious. Motherfucker, these songs we have nowadays on the radio, you take them serious? I mean, there's some garbage out there. And it, you know what? It's garbage to me. If you like it, cool. But don't come at me trying to tell me what I listen to, stupid, when... Fucking check the lyrics on the shit you're listening to. I'm all for musicians, you know, but if we're talking about like lyrics, because usually that's what we start pinpointing when we're talking about whether we can take something seriously or not, right? Is the lyrical content of the song? Yeah, you get the fuck out of here with that. But anyways, um, so we did the game, right? Can, can we talk about one of my topics now? Yeah, shoot. All right. This topic was triggered by a movie I just watched, and I was super fucking excited for it. Lizzie was too. Some people, you know, my boss at work, and you know, uh, some other guys, and some other people I talked to were all super excited, you know, because HBO Max. So, so people were excited about. That. They were, they were. I just want to like get this out here. Uh, but you know, with HBO Max releasing all their theatrical releases, Warner Brothers theatrical releases, same day on the app as they are in the theater for thirty days. You kind of got an idea what's coming, right? You're going to get uh, Kong versus Godzilla later on if you're into that. The Mortal Kombat reboot. Earlier, we got Wonder Woman. Um, but the topic is most disappointing movie you've seen, let's say, within the last year. So, obviously, mine came on HBO Max, and I'm just going to put it out here right now because uh, I don't want to make you wait or anything. The Little Things. Like, have you seen the preview for The Little Things? With Denzel and Jared Leto? Yes. And Rami Malek? Yes. Wow, that's... The previews make that movie look so good. And I'm not going to go through the plot or anything like that and spoil it for anybody that wants to watch it. But I will tell you, yeah, the the previews, you know, you get this kind of... I don't want to say Seven because Seven was super dark and it kind of had its own thing going on. But I know what you're saying. There's a certain. Yeah, like this film uh, war, dark mm. vibe that you get from watching the previews, man. You got Denzel in it, you know, and in the fucking previews, he's looking top notch. Um, Rami Malik, you know, and then fucking Jared Leto looking creepy as, creepy as hell. Excuse me. And then when you watch the movie, the movie starts off fine, you know, and you're like, yeah, you know, that, man, I like where this is going. It's a, it's a murder mystery, right? Girls are, uh, getting kidnapped, killed. You know, um, there was an, an open case that still haunts Denzel, things like that. So all these things that, you know, would make for a good movie. And then you just, you get about 66% of the way through or maybe the third act. Yeah. Maybe 75%. I don't know. 
you feel like it's building up nicely. And it's a two hour movie. I mean, it's not like it's short and you feel like you're moving along fine. And then it just fucking dies. It just, uh, somebody may make an argument for an ending, but I'm not hearing that shit. Like the ending itself, I guess would be fine if there was more meat to it, but it just, it feels like you're, you're building up steam. You're building up steam, right? And then it just stops and it's disappointing. And and it wasn't the actors, man. The actors were fine in the movie. Like I said, I thought Denzel did really well. Uh, Rami Malek, you know, he's been fucking killing it recently. And then Jared Leto, you know, he took some time away from 30 seconds to Mars. And I don't know if he's still doing it or not. I just, we were talking about 30 seconds to Mars the other day, but he was good in the movie. And like, and Jared Leto was really good in the movie with his character. Like he's, uh, like this mechanic and he's uh he's got a little pot belly going on and stuff like that, but he's super creepy. And with the actors in it, there's no reason that that movie should have been bad. And I think, I think the director was actually John Lee Hancock. Who's, who's good at his craft. And I don't, and I don't want to say it's bad because it's not bad, bad, but it's, it's not the movie I was expecting and it was disappointing. It's, I guess it's, I guess it really sucks when you're really excited about a movie and then it's not everything you hoped for. And yeah, if it, if it was it just more, well, if it was slightly disappointing, I could have been, you know, it'd have been like, okay, you know, wasn't quite like maybe Prometheus, right? Which yeah. has only gotten better for me. Yeah, but like when you first watch it, initial reaction, and maybe I need to watch this some more. But when you first watch it, you know, Prometheus is kind of like, oh yeah, you know, that was that was okay. It wasn't quite what I was expecting, but it was okay. That's not the feeling I had with this. Like I was super excited about this movie. This was out of all the movies that were listed on HBO Max coming this year, this is the one I was most excited for. I guess this is how parents yeah. feel when their children drop out of college. So this is how my parents feel. Possibly. When I watch this movie, I'll know exactly how my parents felt. Yeah. So hopefully you don't have that with your child. And hopefully I don't have that with our, my child. We can just get this uh, feeling of disappointment from the movie. But like I said, yeah, now I want to see it even more because now like you've intrigued me with the ending because um, I have a tendency to be kind of a contrarian sometimes. I'm guilty. Of yeah. That. We know you're a fucking hipster. Well, well I, I know you're a hipster. I, I know you're a hipster. Daniel knows you're a hipster. Mitchell knows you're a hipster. And now everybody that's listening to this knows you're a hipster. You just named them all. Yeah. Hipster, hipster, hipster. And yes, you don't have to point out. I know we're all hipsters at some point because we all get snobby about certain things. But I think you'll be disappointed if you watch this movie. I don't think it's just going to be me. I think you'll be like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued now. I wasn't. It had my attention. Now I'm intrigued. Like the previews look excellent. And I just, I, once again, just reiterating that the previews look fucking amazing. Like it, the previews hook you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jared Leto, man, like um, him playing this part, like, you know, he has it in him and you know, he's after coming off suicide squad, like, you know, he left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth, you know? Uh, now, if you didn't watch the movie, oh, you can't see me raising my hand, but yeah, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth because I didn't watch it. Well, I mean, so, I didn't so, so it. like, so like 10 minutes of it. I'm like, I'm good. 
Yeah, and you pose this question to me, and I try to think, like, what movies have I seen the past year? And, you know, for a lot of people, the majority of people, um, this year has sort of just been a blur. And I can't, and I was thinking, I'm like, did I watch that, you know, in 2019 or 2020? But I was finally able to come up with three. Some of these movies, you know, I just have to wait till they come to Swedish Netflix. That's just how it happens. And so three came to mind that I ended up finishing. Normally, I'll if, if a movie's wasting my time, I'll just cut it off. But one that didn't disappoint me, I just want to give it a shout out because I had no expectations and it was worse than my no expectations. And that was it. Chapter two, which was. I mean, no, fucking yeah, too long, and who could give a fuck about these characters? I, I agree. Um, I you know I bought it on iTunes, and I still haven't brought myself to buy the second one. Just with the first, it no, a lot of people loved it, but I just I can't bring myself to purchase the second one to fill out the collection. I mean, and you know. Change Stephen King's ending. You don't have to be faithful when you're throwing jabs and insults and that defeats your monster. You've lost. You've lost me. But the second movie that uh, it didn't top the list, but the second one that I saw that I was disappointed in. And I mean, I know a lot of people really enjoyed this movie. Um, and I wanted to, but that was Birds of Prey. It wasn't because of Margot Robbie. Uh, Ewan McGregor was fantastic. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is like just this, she looks like a Hollywood actress from the 40s, just that kind of beauty and elegance. But action sequences in the beginning um, were a little cartoony, which fit. And then it got to the end, and they're in like this abandoned circus and then it just became like tired and you're just and they're having this big fight scene and she's doing roller skates and she befriends this little girl who might have been the worst performance I've seen this year I mean it was embarrassing watching her and God bless her I mean I'm not an actor I've, you know but it was just bad but the biggest disappointment. Well, hold on. Uh, let me let me jump in on there. I'm surprised that I didn't think that'd be something that you were interested in watching. Because uh, I wasn't even interested in watching Birds of Prey. I, just looking at the previews and knowing there was a Suicide Squad spinoff, there was nothing about the movie that intrigued me. And maybe I've got a little bit of a you know the comic book fatigue as far as movies go. But I don't know. Um, DC for me doesn't have a good track record with movies. I mean, once we got past the Christopher Nolan Batmans, and I did like Man Steel. We've talked about that, but the rest of them have been kind of letdowns. Um, I mean, Shazam was okay. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was okay, but it wasn't like when you see the ratings on i not iTunes, but uh, Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and it's got to look like that high eighties or nineties or whatever it is. It, it's not that. Wonder Woman. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't that Wonder Woman wasn't that. 
I think we're too lenient with our movie ratings now to where everything gets rated. Like these movies can't all be Citizen Kane and it's okay if a movie's fun and you enjoy it, but let's be realistic with, with ourselves about our ratings of movies, you know? Um, but there was nothing about birds of prey that made me want to watch it. I still haven't watched it. And I guess if we talk about it later on, I'll be forced to watch it. But, and the actors are all, like you said, the actors are all fine. They've done other work that, you know, you're like, Hey, I like this. You know, I think we all, I think everybody enjoyed Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right? Fun movie. You know, uh, got its own look going on the music, everything. Mary Winstead's in that, you know, what's her name was in Wolf of Wall Street. And then you know, McGregor's done plenty of stuff, but nothing about that movie that made me want to see it. And so I just, I find it, I, that's what, that's what I'm saying is for it to be a disappointment to you must have meant there was some part of you that wanted to see it. And it just strikes me as odd knowing you. Well, I wouldn't say it was a big part of me that wanted to see it. Like I would say big, I said a part. Well, yeah, a part because it had gotten good reviews and I knew that they were going in an R rated. Um, they were, you know, it was going to be an R rated take. And that just seemed intriguing with the good reviews. And, and, you know, Margot Robbie, you know, um, she's been good in everything that she's in. Like her performance in I, Tanya was so good. And so I was rooting for her kind of. And again, it wasn't her that let me down. And I get with the Harley Quinn character, you, you go big or go home because that's what they've made her character out to be. Yeah. So I was intrigued and it just ran out of gas on the third act and it, and it came to a dead stop to where I, I didn't even finish it actually, which is not fair for me to put it on the list. But once it got to the, uh, the big fight scene at the end, I was just like, okay. But the biggest disappointment um, comes from a studio who normally that's as close to a thousand as you can get. And that's Pixar and that's soul. Soul was the most meh fucking movie I've seen this year. And, you know, I like Jamie Foxx. I like Tina Fey. Um, I love Pixar, but I mean, they tried to be adjacent to Inside Out. Let me uh, let me ask you this: uh, with the disappointment with Soul, is it still a better movie than Cars? Because I know a lot of people like Cars, but I think a lot of people like Cars because that was during the NASCAR boom. Um, cars never really appealed to me. That was one of those Pixar movies that I just never had a desire to see. Well, seeing how I I have a four year old, I've caught most of all three of those movies. Um, and I would normally rate cars if I was going to do a ranking of Pixar movies uh, towards the bottom, all three kind of, I'd rather watch cars. Cars hmm. at least had some funny moments. Like, wow. Uh, th- there's a scene where, you know, spoiler alert, who gives a shit? Jamie Foxx character dies and he goes to like to the afterlife and it's, and it's right before he gets his big break and 
he's in the afterlife and they team him up with a soul who's waiting to get to heaven and um it's Tina Fey and she's like rebellious and she's been like in purgatory the entire time. <laughs> it's hard to explain. I, I should have came better prepared, but like apparently all her mentors have been like Socrates, you know, Beethoven and all this. And like, she's like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to go up there. And then, you know, and then, like, Jamie Foxx's character, he's like, well, you, you need to be a... You, I don't know. It, I don't know. Edit this shit out. <laughs> because it's... I'm not really articulating what I want to say, but it's just... Like, you know, a Pixar movie at the... At the heart of a Pixar movie, it's supposed to make you feel something. Yeah. And Cars doesn't. And Soul... The reason why Cars is better, because Car, Cars doesn't try. To tug those heartstrings. At Souls least has did, some uh, failed. redeeming qualities, as, at least as far as like some mild humor or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her soul didn't. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, I forgot it was on Disney Plus. Um, I haven't even seen the one that came before it with the. Uh, Onward. Yeah, Onward. That's right. I haven't watched it either. Um, meant to. You know, it looked, both of them looked interesting to me. I like Pixar, but. Just for whatever reason, haven't gotten around to it. Haven't seen it. Onward isn't that good either. Well, and I think that was what Ness was about to say was some of the word of mouth I heard about Onward was it wasn't that great. I think that just kind of discouraged me from watching it. Maybe if I'd have got that word of mouth before I watched the little things. Hmm. Could have saved those two hours. Stared at a wall. Oh, God. (laughs) Steer clear of it chapter two then i've already seen it chapter two and i was i'm in agreement with you on that one that was that was a letdown but i think we went to theater maybe to see that one um yeah that was that movie was all over the place and not all over the place in a good way it was just seemed like it lacked structure and direction and the first one was pretty good i mean i'm not saying it's the greatest horror movie of all time because it's not but it was a fun movie and it did what it needed to do. And in chapter two just failed at all that. I don't know. Even, even with the first, it um, like the camaraderie and the acting between the young actors was amazing. And yeah, but they but, made Pennywise. I mean, Pennywise sucked at his job. You, Jesus. Yeah. Maybe they should have made the adults and, in chapter two, hang out with each other before they filmed the movie. Maybe they needed a different script. Because, I mean, those actors, I mean, fucking Bill Hader, Jessica Chastain, you know? Yeah. I don't know. No, I I totally get it. So, um, favorite Pixar movie? Um, Toy Story 3 or Inside Out. I... I I love Inside Out. Yeah, and I would. Uh, story too. Yeah, I was gonna say. It's hard as far as like a movie that legitimately almost made me cry, or made me cry, whatever. Toy Story three, like when uh, that final scene where Andy's giving the toys to the little girl, and I can't remember her name now. Bonnie. Uh, yeah, Bonnie. And I know some people are like, 
The scene that made me cry was when they almost burned to death. We knew the toys weren't getting burned. Yeah, that didn't bother me. That was just a... Yeah, but that, even it, if you know, it's still like a, a powerful scene. You know the, the part where Andy handed Bonnie Woody, and then he pulled back for a split second on handing her over, was the saddest scene in that movie. Yeah. It's probably yeah. the saddest scene in cinema that year. Because you, you could just tell when... You know, he pulled back for a second, like how important Woody was to him. And they threw it all away in Toy Story 4. Didn't watch it. And I saw part of it, but didn't watch it. Uh-oh. Toy Story 4 is not canon for me. Nor should it be. Nor should it be. All right. So I guess um, we've covered the most disappointing movie that we've seen this past year. I mean, I had one disappointing movie. Josh had three disappointing movies. I feel like his, he had a rough year. Surprised yeah. you to kill yourself, to be honest. Well, the, the thought, the thought did cross my mind. It's funny though, because those three movies are, have brought more pain than COVID. Okay. So this one, I just, I saw this this morning. I was on Twitter and I was looking to see what was what. And then they announced the, Nominees for the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, and so I got a list of the nominees and I'll cover them in just a second. But then as I was looking at these in Twitter, you know, you got the comments and the other posts and then there was this link to an article from Vulture where they ranked all the rock, rock and roll uh, Hall of Fame inductees from worst to best. And I want to hit on that for a little bit too. Not really the rankings. I'm not going to get into a debate about that. I have feelings about it, but just some of the things they said about some of the acts I, I do have issue with. I took umbrage with it, but the 2021 rock and roll hall of fame nominees are Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, the Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Chaka Khan, Carol King, Fila Kuti. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I could be butchering it. LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, and Dionne Warwick. So before we go any further, I'm just going to throw this out here. I know there's going to be a large portion of people that are like, oh, but these bands shouldn't be in there. They're not rock and roll. Rock and roll is this and rock and roll is that. And the way I look at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is it, it's not that it's rock and roll and you can't see me doing air quotations. It's such a broad term anyways. I look at it as more as a, a recognition, I guess, for your contributions to music, maybe. Um, so the idea that Jay-Z gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't offend me. I mean, we've already shown that rap, hip-hop, R&B is good goes into the rock and roll hall of fame. So to me, Jay-Z should go in. I mean, I, I don't know how you would argue against that, but whatever, whatever your feelings are on that, that's not so much the point. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that there does seem to be some bias against certain genres of music that do fall within rock and roll and namely heavy metal and punk. Like you have some honorary, almost seems like a token, inductees we got the sex pistols in there you know and that's supposed to i guess be your punk representation but the sex pistols were one fucking album 
like they had some songs, but I don't know that they're. Well, I know the Ramones are in there also. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I don't know that the Sex Pistols are as influential as the Ramones. Their music, obviously, with only one album, I think. I think it's one album. I'm not sure. But there's only one that anybody knows of, right? Yeah. So their contributions aren't as great as the Ramones. But then you have all these other bands like Rancid. Uh, well, actually, I think Green Day's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame also. So maybe there's a few more punk bands than what I was saying, but they got in more due to their mainstream well, contributions, not their punk contributions. Into, I don't yeah. think Green Day's. Yeah. Green Day's about as punk as. But the Dead Kennedys, Rancid, uh, the Bad Brains, those types of bands, right? When people start you know, naming off uh, no effects, when you start naming off punk bands that were influential to that scene and they're not in there. But then also with the new wave of British heavy metal, which was an inspiration for bands like Metallica, right? And Metallica's in the Rock Hall of Fame. One of the few heavy metal bands that's in there. But they also reach like mainstream success. So what's what's your criteria for getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is it the quality of your music or is it the number of records you sell? Because there seems to be, we weaponized the argument whichever way we want in order to keep certain people out. Oh, they sold a lot of records, but they're just, you know, frivolous, whatever, whatever, which is what we seem to do when... You know, we want to speak against why maybe Motley Crue should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, sold a lot of records, but they were also glam metal or hair metal. Oh, well, they had some good songs, but they didn't sell albums, so they shouldn't be in there. So, you know, to me, like bands like, you know, Megadeth and, I mean, Slayer, they should have their spot in there. It's it's rock and roll. It's music. It's, you know, heavy metal is just as much rock and roll as hip hop if we're trying to put a label on it. Right. But yeah, to me, the rock and roll hall of fame is sort of, it almost feels like selling tickets. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is 16 years after they became eligible, they're finally on the ballot and it's long fucking overdue. And I know you're probably going to disagree, but iron maiden. I mean, I'm not a maiden fan, but I mean, you can't, you can't disregard what they've accomplished, what they've done. I mean, if you're going to, you know, if we're, we're in the process of putting Tina Turner in there again, and it's not a knock Wait, on. Is she in there twice? She's in there with Ike Turner. And she's up to go in by herself now. Yeah, because I was about to say, how is Tina fucking Turner not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? But if she's about to go in twice, and which, you know, whatever, no problem with that but we can't make a fucking argument against Iron Maiden, right? They should be in there. And, and, and when I look at this list, I mean, they all look like they're worthy people. It's just, a, it's amazing to me that it took so long for some of them to get in there or to even get their nomination. Uh, you know, Rage Against the Machine, you know, those, what, four or five albums that they made? Four? Mm. Three. I think it was three and then it was some covers. They were, was covers. Yeah, it, it was still, they were still fucking good. Um, and it's not like, to me, it's not like the NFL Hall of Fame or the NBA Hall of Fame where we're looking at somebody to have a long career, right? Because you can do a lot in a short amount of time and you can have an impact in a short amount of time in music. Excuse me. Oh, look at Nirvana, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So, you know, that's my thoughts on that. Like, I think Maiden should get in. Like I said, Jay-Z should go in. 
Uh, he's had a big impact on hip hop and in a genre of music where there's not always a lot of longevity, he's had longevity and he's taken his success and he's made it into something bigger and which has allowed other people to be successful. Whether you like Jay-Z or not, you can't deny what he's done. You can't deny his impact. And just for that, he deserves to be in there. That's my opinion on that. I don't know. What, what do you think? What about Jay-Z getting in? Yeah. Just the nominees in general. Uh, the nominees. Um, I don't know. Like Todd Grundgren should have probably already been in there. Um, Carly Simon. Um, it's just crazy how, you know, Kate Bush, like, her first two albums, you know, like, you know, when people make list of 500 greatest albums, you know, usually both of Kate Bush's uh, first two albums are in there. And it's, yeah, this isn't, you know, you can make the case like, should Terrell Davis be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes what you do in a short amount of time means more, you know. And it's not, out, it's not like Terrell Davis may, fell off and just quit being productive. He got hurt and had his career ended. And yeah, it's not like, saying, well, I'm linking this to what I think you're saying is like, and Rage Against the Machine didn't come out and have three fucking, you know, badass albums and then make a bunch of shit. Like they had three great albums and they had the covers and then they broke up. So it wasn't like they just couldn't do it anymore. It's just they chose not to, right? Yeah, I think like, you know, like you were saying with the punk and the metal scene not being represented, it's like, well, are you influencing and driving a genre of music? That's what should matter. Um, and to me, it's become like the Grammys, which is the most uh, pointless award for art. Because it's so just image based. Yeah. Who, who won the first medal, Grammy? Jethro Tull? Jethro like, Tull. Get the fuck out of, for get that the fuck fuck out of that, here. Come on. The Shred Masterpiece of Aqualung? Wasn't that it? I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't either. I mean, <laughs> to me, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has become that. And that's like, you know, I used to tune in on HBO. They used to do the Rock and Roll. Hall of Fame concert, which was at the time really cool, you know, like um, you'd see some people perform that you hadn't seen in years, and then they'd have guests on there, and no, it's, I mean, uh, I don't know, it's well, it's it's watered down, it's it's it's, it, and I'm a you know, and I'm not so much mad about necessarily the the list of nominees or anything like that. That's not what really got me. It was the vulture article I read where they ranked them. Uh, and I mean, so this just sounds clickbaity, you know? Yeah. So once again, we're going to steer away from Nirvana Pearl jam who are both in the rock and roll hall of fame. So we're not going to talk about their rankings. Um, well, we can talk about, it. I guess I can mention their rankings, but we're not going to talk about them in depth because we're going to talk about them in another episode. But Nirvana did rate higher than Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. Which 
once again, we'll save it for next episode. I will say this about just any kind of art. Uh, you, you and I have had this conversation like when we weren't talking on air for other people to hear. But I think dying makes people oh, remind you. Yeah, it elevates you. It makes people remember you more fondly. And it also saves you from the burden of having to produce great content over and over and over. Um, there is something to be said about longevity, but also don't, I also, like you said, you can't have a big impact in a short amount of time. But also I think like if Nirvana had just quit being a band, then we may not have remembered them as fondly as we do. Right. We may not have elevated Kurt Cobain to the status that we elevated him to. So, and, he, and they're not the only ones that benefited from this in this list. Um, there was other bands that benefited from the death of uh, a member, but I mean, Nirvana, Nirvana band was alive. He probably would have been doing a guest spot on a puddle of mud album. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we, like I said, we're going to get into that uh, hopefully next week, but um, they, Nirvana did go higher than Pearl Jam, but that's not, that's not it. Uh, but the kind of the, I guess the, the focal point of this is going to be about two, two different articles about two different bands, not articles, but two different blurbs about two different bands that were listed. One of them I'm a really big fan of, um, and that's going to be Tom Petty and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And this also kind of stemmed where they was ranking the Super Bowl acts. And I, and I don't think Tom Petty should be number one as far as like Super Bowl acts go. Um, probably, I guess, Prince, maybe. I mean, his was pretty memorable. I remember you talking about it looked like he was out there you know, trying to fuck the guitar in the rain when he was playing. Yeah, but that's just Prince in general. Yeah. Rain but, or shine, he's fucking that guitar. But it was, you know, it was pretty memorable performance, right? It was something like, wow. But anyways, they, uh, the person ranking the Super Bowl acts had made a comment that Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers were a high floor, low ceiling kind of act, which is usually like phrases phrases we use to describe an athlete, right? It's a safe pick, but they're not going to give you anything spectacular. That's and fair, though. That's fair. I, I don't think that's fair. I, I think that's complete bullshit. Uh, I think that Tom Petty's had a lot, and it's going to go into this next comment from Vulture. Uh, Tom Petty's had a lot of amazing songs and a lot of high chart topping songs. So this low ceiling statement is false, but here's what Vulture said in terms of a Super Bowl performance though. Well, they weren't talking about just in terms of, they weren't talking about just in terms of Super Bowl. They were just talking about like, they're one of those acts that when you see them or, or just hear them or whatever. Like if you were talking about strictly on based on Super Bowl, then yeah, because they're going to go out there and play because that's what they do. Right. But we're talking about the quality of the music. We're talking about the quality of the performance. So they can fuck off with that. Um, but then also Vulture rated them number 120 out of all the bands. And I think there was like 200 and something bands in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They had them rated 120. And this is literally all they said. Petty has one great song in American Girl, in addition to his obvious commercial record and pastel of decent albums and other songs. Accident or not, it makes his stature plain after 40 years of reliable, evermore inessential rock. Oh, Vulture can fuck right off with that. Yeah. I mean, that's... Inessential, and then one great song. So I'm going to go with Cameron Crowe on this because uh, you know, he talked about Tom Petty, right? One time. And his comments were that Tom Petty was probably the greatest songwriter in American history as far as like, you know, American rock and roll bands. And But Vulture's like one great song. I mean, we say Vulture, 
Um, it was probably this one writer who's fresh out of, I don't know, journalism I, school. I he, tried to find an article again, too, to see if it was a collaboration or if it was just one person that wrote it. I feel like I'm with you. I feel like it was one person because they seem to have a bias against other genres of music. Like they, they were very plainly against uh, heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like the, the thing with Tom Petty, man, like, like I said, one great song, fuck off. <laughs> just, just, don't, you know what? You don't have to be a fan of Tom Petty. Like there's people I'm not, and like, I'm not a big hip hop guy, but once again, let's go back to Jay-Z. I'm not going to sit here and say something stupid. Like Jay-Z has one great song. You don't fucking build a career that's lasted that long off of one great song. The Rolling Stones aren't around because they have one great song, right? Did you ever watch that? And it was like just two months ago, Tom Petty's 70th birthday celebration. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Just one great song. And everybody came out to celebrate Tom Petty. No, no. Exactly. One great song. Like that, and when I read an article like that, or or read something that somebody wrote like that, it tells me that they haven't listened to the music. No, they've because all you know, American Girl is his best song. Then you obviously haven't listened to his music. Yeah, I mean, because you it's a good song. It's just you get into it, like, but you get into some of the deeper cuts, and and they're great songs. Like what am and maybe my favorite Tom Petty song. I'm not sure, but it doesn't show up on the greatest hits albums usually. But his rebels off a of southern accent. I love that song. Louisiana Rain is a great song. No, I love it. Like the guy who wrote one one good song was in a band with Bob Dylan, George Harrison, and Roy Orbison and Jeff Lynne. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, right. So let's move on to the next one though. And this one, Rush. They have him rated 216. And I guess before we get into that, do you know who's number one? If I had to guess, um, the Beatles? Number two. Michael Jackson? No. Chuck Berry. And I I don't have a problem with that because, I mean, as far as like an influence on like rock music as a whole, it's like I think if if Tom Petty was alive, let's go back to Tom Petty. Tom Petty's always been open about his influences and like the people that came before him, you know? And I think he would agree with something like that, you know? Yeah, he he loved Chuck Berry. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with Chuck Berry being number one. And I don't have a problem with the Beatles being number two. I, there's things I do have problems with as far as the rankings. But it's more of what, what this guy has said, or this guy or girl, I don't know who wrote it, but what they said about some of these bands. But the other one, was, like I said, was Rush. They had him rated 216. I take the point that both... Persman and Winter made that the nominations work in good faith and the voting committee makes its decision on its own. Still, it's hard not to see this as the halls. We need a big name to sell tickets for our annual show in the Barclay Center Award. Rush are unique among Galamphy prog rock bands in that they lack a single song you could play for someone and try to convince them of their bands of the band's importance. These guys were inducted Incidentally, by Dave Grohl of Foo Fighters and his drummer, Taylor Hawkins, who performed similar duties for Queen. Don't be surprised if Foo Fighters are unexpectedly early inductees after they become eligible in 2020. So you can't tell me one fucking song from Rush that would tell you that they're a good band. And I'm not saying Rush is the best band, 
But once again, get the fuck out of here with this shit. One of the greatest drummers of all time. One of the most easily recognizable songs of all time. And you can't think of one song. Because you never fucking heard Tom Sawyer. Yeah, again, this just shows... Um, and I don't want to paint with broad strokes here, but I'm assuming somebody young. You know? Oh, well, I'm going to tell you, one, I don't have the uh, the quotes about it, but I'm going to tell you one more band that they said something about negatively. And then it's really going to get you. In, uh, it'll really get you. But yeah, I, I just don't understand this, man. Like, ah, well, Rush doesn't have any songs. So you, you haven't heard Tom Sawyer. You haven't heard Closer to the Heart. You didn't listen to Limelight. Like, and we're just talking about the band songs that are popular, right? But, like, come on. Spirit of Radio. You didn't listen to these? This didn't tell you that this band was capable, that this band was good, that they belonged? Well, you know, if they're going to use that argument, um, outside of Johnny Be Good, what does Chuck Berry have then, you know? Yeah. In terms of, if you talk just songs. Like, not to mention what where Rush took prog rock. Um, the many influences Tom Petty made, like, you know, you give Chuck Berry credit for that. Duly so. But then you're basing it off of their hits, I guess. Yeah. But you're ignoring them at that point. Yeah, you're completely ignoring like, them. Yeah. So I, yeah, like I said, it just, it doesn't, it didn't make sense to me when I read it, when I read these comments about these bands, I was just like, uh, and they didn't have anything flattering to say about, uh, like black Sabbath either really, you know, um, they, and the one though, that I think is really going to get you, they didn't like queen. Take that list and burn it. Yeah. They, they were essentially like, you know, Oh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is what renewed their interest because when it was around, nobody cared about them. Like they quickly got popular and quickly fell off. Fell off. Obviously, this person has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, one more because they talked about Guns N' Roses too. And Guns N' Roses is great. And you, you know my love of Guns N' Roses. And, and for me, Guns N' Roses, you know, there's three bands. You know, Tom Petty, Guns N' Roses are two of them. And then we'll talk about the other one because I know it's in your top also. So we're not going to mention it, but we'll talk about it. But anyways, they had Guns N' Roses low, but they, they they mentioned like Appetite for Destruction, you know, like they had a good album or whatever. But then it took them like four years for a follow-up. And then when they released a follow-up, it was four albums worth of material, but only had about an album and a half worth of songs that were any good. Talking about the Illusion albums, obviously. Oh. Well, and you know, me and you had our little thing where it's like, hey, let's make our if we take all the songs from Usual Illusion one and two and pare it down to say ten songs or or ninety minutes or whatever we allowed ourselves, I can't remember. Let's make our Usual Illusion set list and see whose is better. More than an album in a third or album and a half of good songs on there. Now, once again, if you're just basing this off of hits, I mean, if you're just like, oh, well, you know, they got November Rain and they got uh, you know, Civil War, you know, well, then obviously you're not listening to the whole fucking album because you, you skipped over Dead Horse, right? You skipped over Coma. Hey, speaking of which, on the spot, which would you say is your favorite song off those two albums? 
Oh, man. Um, it depends on the mood. Um, I mean, because, I mean, I like, you could be mine. I like. Uh, oh, you could be mine. That that intro. It You'd be hard pressed to find a better intro. Yeah, I like Civil War. And, I mean, I, I like uh, 14 years, you know, where Axel doesn't sing. And I, You know, you're mentioning a lot. Of user illusion too. Well, I like right next door to hell. I like we talked about Dead Horse and Coma. I mean, I like all those songs a lot, and it's just it's. I don't know. I'll say this, and, and I bring this up because um, I still listen to that playlist. I like re, I retweaked it. You talk about mine? Pick out. The, the better one? No, 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 no. Oh God, no! That's, the superior one. That's that's gross. Um, I retweaked mine and I did take out which, on Heaven's Door. Which I obviously obviously shows that mine was a superior list because I didn't have to retweak it. It was already perfect. Well just say know, it on air so everybody can hear. Uh, so Okay, yes, anyway, but I find myself a lot of times revisiting Well, I've been on an appetite kick. Um but I also like I'll get drunk and then I'll lay down on the couch at night when everybody's asleep and I'll put on my headphones and I'll listen to that playlist. And I got to be honest, like no matter the mood, uh, my go-to is estranged. Yeah. It's another like, estranged doesn't lead off the album. Cause it's not a, um, I don't think it's an opener No, but I'll go to a strength, which I put in the middle. Cause I think it's a good middle section. You know, it's like seven minutes long, but fuck that. That song is just also don't cry. I'm a big Shannon Hoon fan and um, just recently watched the video to don't cry and seeing Shannon Hoon and Axel. It just warms my heart, but don't cry like not the second one. I, I, I don't even listen to that one, but that first one, man, it's so good. Is this the Guns N' Roses podcast? Could be. Oh, I mean, we haven't talked that much about Guns N' Roses. We just, it got brought up there. <laughs> yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. GNR, what could have been, you know? But you I know, think I, they were destined to do what they did, though. Like, I, you couldn't have kept that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I keep hearing rumors that they're going to record music, you know, and it, I mean, it's still not all of the original GNR, but it's the, it's the part that most people seem to think is the important part. Although I've, I've told you this, what's it's Duff slash and Axel, right. And then other people. And when people think of GNR, that seems to be what they think, but I've said this before to you and uh, I'll stand by it. I think, and I, and I liked Chinese democracy for the most part. It wasn't the first three albums or the first four. So don't get me wrong, but GNR took a turn when Izzy left the band. Like, you know, yeah, Slash, you know, it's got some flashy solos and he's got a unique sound, but you lost your rhythm player. You know, who, who do you songwriter. think? Yeah, who do you think is more important to Metallica, right? James or Kirk? Mm, Lars. Both those answers are wrong. It's Lars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Bob Rock, asshole. But I mean, you know, James is the one that's you know, putting down the the rhythm and 
obviously. I mean, nothing once again, nothing against Kirk Hammett, but and like Do I they said, allow him to write music. I don't know. Uh, probably, you know, he probably writes a solo. Except he probably didn't have writing credits on Saint Anger then because there weren't any solos. And he probably dodged a bullet by not having a writing credit on that album. Yeah, that's a that was a a bruised ego album, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean that that's my thoughts on that, man. You know, we got to discuss it, so I guess we can uh move on to the next game that I'm sure is no, embarrassing. Asshole. For me. You can you could you could say it with some enthusiasm. Yay! Jesus. Let's move on to the next game. Woo! There you go. That's better. Even though it's fake as fuck. You don't know what's fake, motherfucker. Well. No, you're right. I don't. I can't tell the difference between news nowadays. <laughs> okay. Next game. This game is, again, allow me to reiterate, a 1988-themed game. And this is, again, a tournament-style bracket. And this is movies from 1988. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you um, half tagline, half just short description of something in the movie. And you tell me which movie you would rather see. Eight movies that were released in 1988. All right. Okay, here's the first. Um, I don't want to say hint. Of course, you probably will guess a lot of these. The first one is Horny Ghost for Hire. And the second one is Big People and Little People Throw Racist Words at Each Other in a Magical Land. <laughs> Which one would you be more interested in seeing? Oh, man. I know what the first one is. Um, but based on the description of that second one, it's, it's, it's like without knowing what the movies are, you'd have to see that second one, right? Just because like, I got to see like what the fuck this is. We got a train wreck this is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the first one was Beetlejuice. That's correct. You're going to pick the second one, right? um, Big people and little people throw racist insults at each other. In a magical land. In a magical land. Yeah, I got got to. You have to emphasize. Oh, no, no, no. Willow. That's it. Val Kilmer calls Peck. Warwick Davids Peck. And he throws stank on it every time. Peck. And it's like, bruh. Stop throwing that P word around. Like, and then they have a word for like the average folk, which is a uh, Dakini. Yeah. Shit. Dakini, I believe. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to assume you chose Beetlejuice. Why well, that matters? I chose, I chose Willow actually, because just okay. based on the we'll tagline, you know what? It doesn't even. Okay. The second one is, um, Pretty simple. Hot bartender. That's one movie. The second movie is Sexy Cowboys. Oh my god! Um, I mean, essentially, you're talking with just those words. 
it's the same movie. Do you prefer a hot bartender, which I'm assuming is cocktail? That's it. And you said sexy cowboys. Are we talking young guns? We are talking young guns. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to come down to whether you want a cowboy or, or a bartender, right? I mean, is one Tom Cruise equal to Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Lou Diamond Phillips, Dermot Mulroney, and another guy who never panned out? If we're looking, if we're basing Kiefer it. Kiefer Sutherland. On, I forgot about Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh. But if you're basing it on the decade. You got to go cruise. Yeah. At the time, even though Estevez, you know, was in fucking breakfast club and Kiefer Sutherland was David in Lost Boys. Tom Cruise was fucking Tom Cruise. Well, Charlie Sheen also was in Wall Street the year before. Yeah, but Tom Cruise is Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise is Tom Cruise. I mean, you know, you had Top Gun, you had Cocktail, you had Legend. Um, I'm I know there's other movies I'm fucking missing. Just the Color of Money. Yeah, I I used to watch Next Top Gun year. every fucking Top day when I was younger. Might be the top 10 most overrated movies of all time. Yeah. I just remember watching it all the time. Like, and it's not something I go back and watch as an adult, but as a child, and it wasn't really Tom Cruise as much as it was the F 14 Tomcats. Yeah. I mean, I get the appeal in it. Tony Scott really made that movie. There's no reason it should have been as interesting. You know, Tony Scott put his stamp on it. Okay. The next bracket. Now you will guess this first one. It, I couldn't come up with anything. Watch this be the one I miss. No, 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 no. Um, sunglasses, bubble gum, and kicking ass. Oh my god! Fucking uh, they live. That's it. And this to, one might be a little. I'm here to do two down. things: chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. That's right. Fucking R.I.P. This one's going to be um, a little more difficult. Maybe not. And here it is. Um, y'all motherfuckers came from the same egg. Twins. That's it. Booyah. Yeah. Uh, Look at you the, betting a thousand, man. The, the taglines, I'd still go with they live. It just sounds like, you know, sunglasses, bubble gummy, kicking ass. Yeah. And this one, I just had to throw it in there because it's 1988. Me and you are who we are. And I could not come up with any sort of tagline without just fucking giving the shit away. So I just thought about things that maybe you would know just based off words. I put in order to form a half sentence. The first one is uh, a dog pissing fire. <laughs> Does that sound like something you're interested in? I mean, only if a dude with a leather glove and knives on it comes out of it. Yeah. The second one is, and obviously you know where this is going, telekinetic kid. Solely responsible for her father's death. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, uh, Nightmare on Street 4 and then uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. 
That's it. Uh, but if he's, you, if he's basing it on taglines, dog oh, piss I'm, and I'm fire. Dog piss and fire. Yeah, gotta see that. I mean, that, that could be a hair metal cover album. True. I'm surprised it wasn't, honestly. It may have been. Fucking look at you batting a thousand on that one. That Willow one, I figured it would be hard, but yeah, you got it. No, when that's what when you told me Magical Land, I was sitting here thinking. At first, honestly, when you first said a tall person or tall people and small people or something like that, I was thinking twins at first. But then you were like Magical Land. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, Willow came out then. All right, so. Josh, I mean, All right. I think that's it, dude. Let's let's take yeah. us home. Let let's sign off here again. If you've gotten this far, um, thank you, mom and dad. I'm just kidding; they don't listen. They don't give a shit. Um, oh, hold on, real quick. Since you said that, I come home from work the other night. My wife, humble brag, uh, Eliz- Elizabeth. You know, just in case she does listen. Which she doesn't. That's what this conversation is about. She's watching a fucking podcast on YouTube, right? Because, you know, people will do video recordings with theirs. Not us, because we're amateurs. But she's watching another podcast and won't even fucking listen to ours. And I'm like, and I called her out on it. And she's like, oh, well, you were talking about stuff from the 80s. And I was born in 93, so I don't care. Like, so thanks, Lizzie your support she did give yeah, us a review you, on I, you, uh, itunes of five stars but i feel like it's not earned now because you didn't fucking listen listen um people out there uh dead space <laughs> check out our our uh our internet page uh very unreasonable things.com um i swear that we're gonna all, put some new artwork up on there um i'm on I'm off next week, so I'll have some time and I'll, I'll try to like draw some new shit to put up and cover up those stock images. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we have a Facebook page. We do. It's so, the same thing. Very unreasonable okay. things. So all you memals and peepals out there who are still on Facebook, give that a like, please. And we are on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and um, Bone will um, suck your dick if you give us a five-star rating. I think. I think. I think you agreed to that. That's not true uh, either. Okay. Well, we have a lot to discuss once we get off the air here. Um, so, yeah, we're going to sign off here. And as usual, everyone who's listening to this, I love you, especially... Scott Wozniak, I think that's your name, Bone Stepdad, I'm going to give you a personal shout out if you're listening. Uh, I love you.